Hey there. Welcome to Christ-Centered Combos. I'm your host, Kristen Ladd. Thanks for joining me as we talk to believers within the Christian Fellowship Ministries to hear the amazing stories of how God has transformed their lives. My prayer is that through each episode, we can be encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to press on towards the calling God has placed on each of our lives. This is uh, Pastor Lewis Oliver with the Potter's House Christian Fellowship Church. And I just want to recommend Christ-Centered Convos as a podcast. It's very encouraging and uplifting, good testimonies. Uh, and we're 100% uh, behind Christian and that podcast. Uh, and so also, uh, those of you that are listening, if you have not gone to our website, it's renoforjesus.com. Reno, F-O-R, Jesus.com. Thank you. Hey, guys. Welcome to... Another episode of the podcast. This episode, we are going to be hearing from my sister, Brooke Perez. This testimony is a very real view of someone's life who grew up in the, in the fellowship. She grew up a pastor's kid, a missionary kid, and once she moved out on her own and moved away for college... You know, she she went through some things, and then as a young adult, making the choice um, to walk away from God for a short period of time. It's just a really refreshing, I think it's refreshing, to hear other people's perspective and hear their stories. And my hope in hearing these stories is that maybe it can help anyone who may be weighing in the balance right now or who may be on the fence or at the point of that crossroads and that decision of whether they are going to choose God or the world. And so my hope in playing these episodes and hearing these people's testimonies is that it will help us all to make the decision to continue living for God. And I know that these are crazy, crazy times right now. I know that the devil has ramped up his schemes and strategies to get us to question, to doubt, to find anything to keep us distracted from our us keeping the main thing the main thing and keeping on track on what we're supposed to be doing and focusing on seeing souls saved in these last days. It's crazy. It is not the time. Just as... We just had a pastor-preacher revival over at the North Reno Church, and in his last uh, sermon, he was saying, like, you know, it's never a good time to backslide, but now is really not the time to backslide. And so, just this episode, I, I'm praying for the backslider, I'm praying for the person who's considering it, because... I mean, we've all been to points of questioning or doubting or maybe we've all been to that crossroads or maybe not. I don't know. But I just really feel that that the time is running out and I hope and pray that we can all just stay strong and stand firm in the faith and just continue forward in all that God wants to do for us and that we can remember all the times where God is still there. God is 
keeping us and reminding us of his faithfulness and reminding us of how far we've come and how far we have yet to go with him by our side, with him in our corner. So here's the episode with Brooke. I hope it can be an encouragement and a help to you. Enjoy. Hi, Brooke. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So um, I kind of know your testimony, but like you, you grew up in the Potter's house, right? Yes. Your and your dad, your parents are pastors. My dad became a pastor when I was two. Oh wow! He was sent from Wickenburg, Arizona, to Seattle, Washington. Oh okay. How long were you guys in Washington? Eleven years. So when I was twelve, almost thirteen, we moved to Zambia, where my parents became missionaries and pioneered a church in Mozambique, Zambia. When you were twelve? Mm-hmm. Cool. And then how long were you guys over there in? We were there seven years. I was there six. I left when I was 18 and oh, went okay. to Reno for college. So then uh, tell me what that was like being a pastor's kid, growing up as a pastor's kid, and then a missionary kid. Honestly, I have had an amazing childhood. I never felt the pressures of being a missionary kid or pastor's kid. I didn't feel a lot of the negative pressures that a lot of other kids felt. Hmm. Um, I attribute that to my parents being completely open books. Yeah. I could ask them any question they wanted, even if it was kind of touchy. And their response would be honest or would be a, I don't know, ask God when you get to heaven. Hmm. And I really appreciated that honesty. Hmm. Um, Honestly, like in terms of like listening to sermons and being involved in church, that didn't really start until I was a teenager Hmm. um, because... They expected us to be respectful at church, but I was never forced to be saved. I was never forced to put on a show. I was told to be respectful, to participate, to sing, to clap, but I was never told to speak in tongues, raise my hands, worship God. Oh, you know, fall in line. (laughs) Yeah, none of that. And I really, really attribute that to why I was able to genuinely get saved. Hmm. Cool. So that's interesting that, I mean, it's good though that they they were open and honest with you, but they weren't like trying to fit you into some right. mold. Right. I mean, even though there are like standards and accountability within yes. our church, yes, we they, the rules they the <laughs> um, still let you like learn on your own and, and choose for yourself. Right. So I remember getting saved when I was 12. Um, we just moved hmm. to Zambia. My dad was covering Pastor Bowman's church for about a month because Jeannie was um, dealing with some illness in South Africa. Oh, okay. So we spent the first month at their church in Lusaka, and um, they were in the middle of showing the Left Behind series. Oh, wow. And that was when I got saved for the first time. Age 12, Y2K, you know, all that. So, but then it became more genuine when I was 14. When I was 14, I remember opening my Bible and actually reading my Bible and Mm. actually kind of starting to go like, I'm saved because I want to be saved. I started singing on the platform at church in Zambia, which was, you know, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) They taught me the songs, but, you know, the songs. Oh, in in their language? Yeah, in a bunch of languages. In our church, they spoke um, Tonga Nyanja. So we Hmm. translated in different languages Sunday morning, Sunday night. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we were a very small, we were a village church. Very, very village, very um, very African. What does that mean, like village church? Well, meaning 
they lived in huts, like hmm. straight mud huts, grass roofs. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Like we Did were, you guys live in a, like... No, we oh. had a nice, we actually had a very nice house, but, huh. you know, we were considered hmm. the rich Americans. Oh, yeah. One of those, but really it was the, our town was a small farming town, and so the people who came to our church were farmers. Hmm. They were oh, subsistence farmers. And um, a good job was working in the sugar fields, which... Oh. You know, a That's lot of people in our church got blessed with that job. So, hmm. yeah. Cool. It was pretty a cool experience. So then, like, once you were old enough to, like, graduate, you were probably homeschooled, clearly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There. It was either and then, homeschool or boarding school. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then um, you came back to the States for college? or mm-hmm. So we okay. chose our college from Zambia. We hmm. did all of our SATs in Zambia, mm-hmm. and um, I applied to University of Washington in Seattle, hmm. Arizona State in okay. Phoenix, and University of Nevada in Reno. Okay. I got accepted into all three. When you were making those choices, were you making that choice like based on if there was a church in the area, or kind of, not really? So, yes. Hmm. Seattle was obviously where I was from. So that yeah. was familiarity. Yeah. Um, Arizona is where our home church was, Wickenburg, right. which is about an uh. hour outside of Phoenix. Sorry, Mama Four. <laughs> <laughs> I picked my college based on in Seattle was home. Um, Arizona was a home church. And then Nevada is where we would spend summers as kids because my oh. grandparents lived in Yarrington. Oh, okay. And I always loved Reno. And then when I was a kid in Seattle, as a Sunday school project, we had to pick a, we had to pray for a family member, and I chose to pray for my grandparents. And I huh. actually wrote Pastor Oliver a letter when I was probably eight or nine. Wait, what? And asked him to pray for my grandparents to get saved in Yarrington because he was the closest church. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, so that's how I chose them. Seattle felt like it would have been set back. Hmm. Arizona felt like I mean, it was good, but. Nevada was the one I wanted, and I did get accepted into all three. Oh, wow. I was able to, and at the same time I was waiting for my acceptance letter, a couple who used to be in the Reno church came to Zambia with Pastor Oliver and preached in Masabuka. And so I was able to kind of meet them and get an idea. That's cool how God, like, worked that out, though, and he was, like, setting things in place even then. That's one thing That's I so love cool. about our fellowship is the <laughs> massive, massive web interconnections. Yes. Yeah. So many backstories. <laughs> I could go on all night on those. That's awesome. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, the people you know is pretty, yeah, <laughs> vast. You know all the peoples. 35 Have, years yeah. of fellowship. <laughs> Having your dad as a pastor and the people you've got to meet. and Oh, it's been amazing. And build relationships with. That's, that's a blessing in itself. Huge. Cool. I don't take it lightly at all. It's a very cool privilege. Yeah. So then you came to Reno for college, and mm-hmm. then... Pastor T and Mandy were um, pioneering in Midtown. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Right on Taylor Street. And hmm. so I chose to go to their church because hmm. I could walk from campus. Oh, okay. So um, they'd give me a ride every once in a while when it was dark, you know? So they'd give me yeah. a ride every once in a while, but um, I was able to kind of make my own way to church because... When I was 18, living in Zambia, my sister and I were like, we have no secrets from our parents. Like, 
nothing. I'm about to go back sideways here. I'm going to be crazy. Uh-huh. Third world country. That's and funny. so my sister and I, man, we stole cookie dough. Uh, like, yeah, we got in Zambia. That. In Zambia, <laughs> that was my big sin. Oh, we stole cookie dough, and then we remade it really quickly and replaced it. But we, what? Had, a, but we had a secret. We okay, proud of our secret. And so I couldn't wait to move back to, to move back to America and be saved because I wanted to be. Hmm. Be saved because I had a choice versus, of course, I'm going to church. I'm going to church for my family. Yeah. No, I'm not going to try to rebel right now. It just doesn't make sense. So I was excited to be saved on my own, you know, Okay. came with expectations of temptation, a little bit of failure, but I really kind of just thought it was all going to be just free, simple, <laughs> come to America, going it. to college well, actually, and being college, saved. College actually was, God really blessed me with a mm. great group of friends, hmm. great group of friends. My first three years of college. It was my cool. first three years of college. All my friends were saved. Um, huh. We went to college Bible studies. Like, it was, college was great in terms of that. The sin didn't happen until way later after disappointments and hmm. failed expectations and faint of heart. My friends had all huh. moved on, you know, because we're all different ages, so we moved on to different Oh, okay. Times. And I was left, I was the last one, so, <laughs> Yeah. So then at what age, yeah, at what age was it that you, because you mentioned backsliding, what age was it? Uh, 22. Okay. I made it all the way through college, stayed saved, obviously had my hiccups here and there, you know what I mean? I mean, nobody's perfect, but, you know, I was saved. I was doing good. Um, We did move from the little pioneer work to the main church. That was an interesting transition. It was a little difficult at first, but hmm. other things still flow. <laughs> so, like, they only pioneered in Midtown for a little bit, or had they been there a while before you? They had been there, I think, a year before oh, I came. Oh, okay. And then six months after I got there is when Pastor TJ began, began assisting Pastor Oliver. Oh, okay. And so that was the six months, and then we left there, I think. Yeah. Okay. And then I moved there with a big church. Okay. So then, yeah, when I was 22, just failed expectations, failed disappointments. What do you mean by that, by failed expectations? Like? Well, my whole life I'd been trusted. And it was okay. sh- strange to be in a church that was wary of young single college girls. And looking back, I was so naive and I would say and do things that looking back at myself I would probably think question it yes (laughs) I would probably if I was to see myself in retrospect I would go yeah no wonder they didn't trust you look what you were doing but it was Mm. very naive I was very naive I wasn't necessarily sheltered so much as I was naive like for example I was shocked when my friends in college when I found out that they had sex I'm like I thought (laughs) only married people and really obviously loose party girls had sex like you're just a normal one of my friends from the college of education so people that were saved were no 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 no. that was after this is my next set of friends that that group of friends was just the first two two and a half years oh okay this is this is more like those are like my core friends these are like just different acquaintances who oh okay i was classmates with we're good friends none of them were saved oh okay none of those ones i mean they weren't saved, um, but they were good people. 
Oh, you know okay. I mean? Like just your so average you thought that just because they were good people that they had the same I didn't morals know that or just had sex. <laughs> I honestly didn't know that. Huh. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was very naive. Okay, so then so uh, coming into the mother church and then not being trusted. How so though? Like um like I was sitting when when I came into the mother church, another family from Pastor T's church came with us. Mhm. And the son was my age mm-hmm. and we were friends. So I sat next to him in church and everyone just assumed we were dating. Oh. And I'm like, why, why, why yeah. Why would we be dating? He's like, what are you doing with me? I'm like, I don't know anyone here. Why would I sit somewhere else? <laughs> Things like oh, that. Okay. You know, like what I thought was innocent, like I'm sitting with my friend. Why is this a big deal? To them was like, no, you need to have boundaries. I'm like, I don't understand. Hmm. What boundaries am I crossing right now? <laughs> it was little, and also stuff had happened in the church right before I got there that I didn't know about until years oh, later. Oh, okay. So there had been some violations. And okay, to where people the, were a little more Yeah, as skeptical. they should have been. As huh. they should have been. I don't blame them. Not at all. You know what I mean? So, But it was just, it caught me unawares. Okay. And then I had a you know someone who I thought was my friend went and told Pastor that I was partying and sleeping around, and I was like, where did that come from? Hmm. And just little little things like that, you know. Oh, Okay. Another so the person, wrong impression was put out kind of of yes, you. Uh, yes, very much so. A wrong impression was put out of me. And I didn't really catch on to it to fix it. Huh. And after so long, I just said, they think I'm gay and I'm nice. I'm, hmm. I'm not as well. So that and happened when you were around like 22 that you... 22. Yeah, past 22. Um, I remember specifically, I just come back from conference. My parents at the time were um, evangelizing out of Prescott. So they were living hmm. in Prescott, so I could stay oh, with okay. them. Oh, okay. So um, we just come back from conference. I was deciding if I wanted to be saved or not. Wow. Yeah. And I was driving, I know exactly the moment, on Sierra Street next to Circus Circus. Huh. <laughs> and I told God, I don't believe that you can make me happy. Hmm. And it's like I felt the covering of God be lifted off. Wow. I just felt it. And an hour later, met a guy who was... I had spent three months in the Lord, and in three months I felt some crazy heartache, like, just like, whoa, this Mm. is sin, this is world, this is not what I want. Like, uh, reality hit, like, what you had been protected from that whole time. Oh, yeah, and I always (laughs) say, like, my parents built up a wall, and... What do you, what do you mean by that? A spiritual wall of covering and protection. Oh, okay, okay. And I broke it down myself. Hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what it comes down to. And huh. so um, when I got resaved, it was when I went to pastor and I just said, I told him what was happening. And he said, okay, either um, find another church or break up with him and stay in church. And so I, you were with this guy for three months and mm-hmm. it only took that long for you to realize... This is not good. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Pastor had a lot of grace on me. A lot of grace mm. on me. And um, so that was it. Called him, said, don't ever call me again. And that was it. Stayed in church, never left. Obviously, it was, it was kind of a struggle because once you open the door to backsliding, there's a struggle. And then yeah. as a church kid. And you reap from, even if it do. was three months, there's still, still reaping. reaping. And then also as a church kid, I knew full well what I was doing. Mm, yeah. There was no, I don't want to, God, just save me. Thank you. It was a, 
God, I told you no, and you're going to yeah, forgive me you still? you literally, like, turned your back and walked away. That was hard to accept forgiveness when it was such a blatant rejection of God. Yeah. So, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yes. kind of how our backstories all came back. Awesome. So then, um, how long after you came back did you meet Billy? About a year. So you were saved and doing good and like, mm -hmm. um, once you once you came back, did you like go all in? Were no. you get, getting no. more involved or? No, not at all. That was that was the struggle of coming back. Hmm. Is that I wasn't all in. I was hanging on by a thread. So, like, elaborate. Tell us more about that. Let's let's the rewind a little bit to to where you came back in, and I think that it's important for us well, to discuss the number one. I never left church. Oh, okay. Never left. You even when you were the in three sin. months you were in sin, you were still attending church. I wasn't in any ministries. Okay. So no ministries. I would just simply attend. So you were just so attending. Just attending. Just keeping that door open. Hmm. Um, I did feel, because I lost my virginity to this guy, I did feel like I had to marry him. So I was yeah. determined to get him saved. <laughs> so I even brought him to Unfortunately. church. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> I even brought him to church. This is obviously before I confessed him being the pastor and yeah. you know, all that stuff. Um, but then after I came clean to pastor, it was just a matter of just hanging on, hanging on. Um, again, pastor had a lot of grace on me. I didn't yeah. sin anymore after that. You know what I'm saying? No more sin. You had the conversation and you made the choice. Yes. And then... I didn't get back into ministry. I didn't I didn't go all in. I didn't have a... a I didn't have this revelation of Jesus is my Savior. I'm back. I'm, I'm out. None of that happened, honestly, until Julia was born, to be 100% wow. honest. But, like... So with the reaping, is that you think it's yeah. part of, or like just the devil still feeding you lies or how? I think it's important for us to discuss this yeah, for the fact, question. for the fact of people who maybe right now are weighing in that balance or or on the verge of making that choice for. I don't know. Yeah. To help them to maybe not make that step, you know. To avoid I the still struggle. Do, I still did not embrace my past with my headship. Okay. So there were... There was headship There issues. were different levels of... I was raised so differently from how our church was run. And I'm not saying it was bad. Not at all. It was just different. And I did not accept the differences. Hmm. And then after I went was in sin and came back... I still wasn't, I still had, um, I, again, I think it really comes down to embracing your headship. And really so there were still heart issues that yes, were needing issues. to be. And the way I look at it is you keep that door open and God will meet you. But you have to keep that door open. And I believe it was a, a soft chiseling away at me. Hmm. A soft chiseling, a soft this. I knew I didn't want the world. But I still wasn't convinced I wanted salvation. I still hmm. wasn't convinced that I wanted to be what I called at the time a church robot. Hmm. I didn't want that. I'm like, I don't want to be like these people. I'm not attracted to their lifestyle. So then where, 
And again, that's very that's arrogant crazy. to say. That's very arrogant. No, to but say. I feel like it's important to discuss because I think that um, as you come into the church and as you um, learn and develop and understand our standards mm-hmm. and the accountability, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. It's beautiful. It is a good it thing. It is beautiful. How can we survive and how can we grow without it? Yes. We can't. We cannot. And if we don't, even when there is hurt from people in the mm-hmm. church, even when there is people pushing at us, it's really because they love us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's it's one of those things, you know, that once you get through those hurdles, how much more God can use you and work in you. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's just important to... Um, speak to that and and I don't know realize that as you're going through your walk that it is hard coming in and adjusting to people wanting you to yeah. succeed yes yes and obviously for there's sure. a tact involved which is fine you know they'll figure that gets figured out you know people are people but ultimately they love you they want yeah. you to make it and that was something that eventually I was able to get it was able to get through to me you know so when you said that you didn't really fully like get that until Julia was born so how far into you like uh coming back or like when was the point when you really decided okay this is what I want after Julia okay so um I was in the church no longer backslidden but also no longer all in um but once you were, you were never really all in, in the beginning of being in Reno, were you? I was. I was oh, okay. Lo- oh, yeah. Oh, I was. I was definitely all in. Um, oh, okay. That's a, tr- a tricky one. Hmm. I consider myself all in. Oh, but there's okay. lots of people who would have considered me not. Hmm. Um, I was, I went to prayer. Okay. I went to outreaches. I was involved in plays. Okay. I went oh, to concerts. Okay. I went to every. I never missed service. I okay. never missed revival. And then that. in that time of like struggle, and then probably up until you met Billy, like you getting married and you. Um, Here's how I describe my marriage and my parents, my sisters and I. Uh-huh. When my older sister got married, it was a. She got one. She got one. <laughs> when I got married, it was a. Thank God. She's married. <laughs> when my little sister got married, it was a, are you sure? Not to her, to him. <laughs> so that's kind of like my joke about that's funny. how my, sister, my parents' perception of my oh. sister getting married. Oh, that's your parents'. That's my parents' oh, perspective view. of oh, okay. us. Yeah, it's, it's okay. a joke. I don't know if they would think it was, but I think it's funny. <laughs> but anyways, so like marriage is really where, you know, there's a lot of analogies in the Bible of marriage and parenting. Mm-hmm. And those are in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Marriage is very humbling. Yeah. Parenting is incredibly humbling. Yeah. 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 And so I never needed to be humble. Well, of course you need to be humble. No. I wasn't humbled. <laughs> you weren't. The way God needed you, me to be You never humbled. experienced it I until. I never experienced it or accepted the humbling that God was trying to give me. Until you until got married? I got married. And then. And we were, again, I wouldn't exactly. I don't know if I'd even say we were saved when we got married. We were hmm. barely hanging on by a thread. Hmm. You know what I mean? We got married, and it was like, okay, we're married. 
we made it. Okay, we're doing it right now kind right of a now. thing. Yeah, and because mm. as parents, I'm like, it's too funny. Mm. And like I said, that whole time was just a, I'm hanging on by a thread. Mm. And a couple times that thread got quite frayed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what do you think kept you through that, though? Like my foundation. Growing, having the foundation of my parents and being raised yeah. in the church and the culture of our fellowship. That was what kept me. Hmm. A hundred percent. Because so, I knew what I wanted. I'd been to other churches. I didn't want to go to other churches. I'd been in the world. <laughs> I didn't want that. I knew our fellowship. I knew it was good. I knew it worked. I knew my foundation. And I knew it was good because my parents have lived such a blessed life. God has taken such good care of them. Hmm. And their testimony and their discipleship, I could go on and about that. And that is, they're huge in why I'm saved today. Yeah. Huge. So then, um... God humbled you through getting married and then having a, a child, your so, first child, and then... Mm-hmm. So then after Julia was born, all of a sudden, I had no friends anymore outside the church. Oh, okay. Because graduated college, the few friends I had left were friends now, but we're kind of starting our careers. Acquaintances, more so. And then I got pregnant, and now I'm mm. a mom and a wife, and none of my other friends were wives or moms. So we have hmm. nothing in common anymore. Like nothing. Hmm. And now it's like, okay, I'm at a crossroads. I need to start making friends with these people in church. And I'm not sure I like them very much. <laughs> and now to be oh, jerk. Jer- but that's the reality of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'd always had my comfort zone. And that's why people would have said I wasn't all in. It's because I had my friends outside of church. Hmm. I had a life. I had church. I was saved. But I had a life. I had friends. Hmm. I didn't really need these people. And we also didn't mm-hmm. need each other, which now I'm like, we're oh. a family. <laughs> now I'm like, that's not family. You know, now I'm all in. But that was where I called my mom crying. And the best advice my mom ever said, which at every phase of life, we reestablish why you're saved and you get mm. a hobby. <laughs> that's always been my mom's advice. And, you know, I told her, I said, I don't want to be a church robot. And she said, then don't be a church robot. <laughs> and that was it. So simple. And we complicate things so much. Oh gosh, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, so that was when I started getting revelation of God. Was this like I love my daughter so much, and this is humanly wrong. Hmm. It's crazy. It's so God the way that God like through parenting oh reminds gosh. us of how much He loves us and how yeah. how much He's just waiting for us to yeah. and I come to Him. Treat my daughter huh. when she misbehaves. No. Not if, am I going to teach her? Yes. Am I going to spank her? Yes. Like, and if that's my love towards my daughter, oh my yeah. gosh, how much more so God towards us? Yeah. So that was a big pivot. And then having Julia put both me and Billy were both like, whoa. So the day she ded- was dedicated was the day, was, sorry, this is kind of an intense part of our testimony. A huge cool. part of our testimony actually is when, um, we didn't fight together before we were married. Okay. We didn't complain about it. To me, it was back then, it's over, we're saved now, it's okay. Well, a year later, we've now been married over a year and a half. Julia's three weeks old, and I tell my mom. And I wasn't expecting her so to So there was this, this like, weight on you? No. No? There no. wasn't a weight on no, you from that? No, there wasn't. No. 
it was God just poked a, at you about it or something? No, it was just in, in casual conversation. And my mom was talking about another couple, and I'm like, no, what is that? Is it you? Who is it? And her countenance fell. Hmm. She got so quiet. And I'm sitting, I was kind of shocked. And she looked at me, she's like, I forgive you. And I'm like, what in the hell did I just write? Mm-hmm. And then she goes, Billy needs to tell dad. And I'm like, Billy needs to tell dad. <laughs> <laughs> a year and a half after you guys had been married. <laughs> and so Billy tells my dad. And my dad goes, you need to tell your pastor. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. So we go to church that night with my parents there, my sisters there. And mm. then we get de- duly dedicated and we go to pastor before service fully expecting to get kicked out of church. Rightfully mm. so. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. My dad's but is so it, it wasn't yeah. right because it was sin. A year and a half later, pastor. though. And that's, that's the yeah. thing. That's it. But either eh. way, the point is, we were about to come clean to something big. Yeah. he would not have married us if he knew. Yeah, for and sure. he looked at us and said, I had my suspicions, but I have no proof. He said, why don't you get the H? You're saved now. You're doing great now. Let's live for God. And then he dedicated Julia that night. And oh, my gosh, he said the most gracious words towards us and it was like a door I didn't even know was closed flew open Hmm. this flood of grace this flood of like righteousness this flood came Hmm. into our lives it was all of a sudden like now I can bless you Wow! now you can move forward now I can hear from you and it was like so exposing that sin and repenting of it is what allowed God to be able to really move and sin that needed to be repented of I didn't Mm. even realize it and and that was again one relativity and Mm. honestly I've I've used that testimony in telling other people you need to do this because you will be blessed you know wow and also the the grace of my parents telling us to do it yeah guiding you in the right direction yeah pastor on yeah yeah you do it you go Hmm. that was another big part of it so that was a huge part of when we really went all in for God. Hmm. And that's, that's where the main, was born. the main like mm-hmm. transition mm-hmm. or transformation started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So then uh, here we are all these years later. <laughs> Almost 12. 12 years later. Wow. Yeah. And God's just used you and blessed you guys immensely Uh, (laughs) yeah there's always every every season is a a new adventure (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so um is there a scripture that you do you have a scripture that you have like clung to throughout your salvation or it's one always, that's always spoke to you. It's the same one. Be still and know that I am God. Oh my gosh, what verse is that? I wrote this down. Uh-huh. Be still. Psalms, <laughs> I believe. Oh, but, you know, we're busy. We're yeah. moms. We're in ministry. We tend to overthink things, overanalyze things, over-spiritualize things. And sometimes God says, stop. Yeah. Just stop. And yeah. That's, that's then, that helps me. Just so yeah. much I just stop. Stop thinking. Yeah, stop, stop over. Just stop. Yeah. And just know God is God. And mm-hmm. then you stop and like look around you for a minute and go, whoa. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you're in control. <laughs> you got this. Like, we have not only one house, we have owned two houses. I have four kids. I have chickens. I love my chickens. <laughs> we have no more debt. Like, Praise God. I never, I just, there was a moment when mm. I called Pastor and said, Amen. And he just laughed and said, I'll pray for you. It was that bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it was. And yet here we are. And like, stop and know that I'm God. And like, mm. those moments, that's like that's the scripture that still gets me. That's awesome. Um, so then what is the, the latest way that God is moving in your life? Billy getting promoted to deacon. It's not just sure. Billy. It's you too. <laughs> I know, but he's the one that has to do the whole thing. Yeah. And also, like, watching his maturity, like, he sounds condescending. Watching him flourish yeah. has been pretty amazing. Yeah. Because he's one of those people. I, I really enjoy watching my brothers grow and get to that point when you're like, yep, they're ready. Yeah, you can you can tell. You know. Yeah. <laughs> To be, to, to be clear, I don't think there's a such thing as being ready. That's true. No, but like, yeah, you yeah. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. yep, they could go. Yeah. So that's been, that's the biggest thing. And um, yeah, it's scary. Cause, you it's know, it's going like to be a whole new adventure. Yeah, and I, you know, I've been a part of it my whole life. I've watched it my whole life. I've yeah. experienced it. So I've never taken it lightly. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I know sometimes people think I'm not into it because I'm like, I'm just going to a guy who's wide open. That's all. Hmm. I don't mean to be unenthusiastic. <laughs> like I am, but at the same time, I'm like, I am taking this step and it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big step. It's a big step. Or leap or. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of like personally, the way God has really moved in my life is like his healing. Yeah. I saw a picture of Ezekiel and he was from infant to now. Mm. He is healed. Julia's seizures are over. Yeah. Um, school has been awesome you know just the transition of school and teaching my kids and yeah pulling them out of the district and taking on the homeschool with all the stigma that's attached to <laughs> it and really having an amazing time like really and then also my husband being able to financially support us for like being able to do that's a big deal yeah it's a really big deal to live on one income and god's really blessed and have that. more than enough and more are able to mm-hmm God's really, really, really blessed us in that area. That's awesome. And it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge for sure, but it's just, I see the hand of God in all that. Yeah, that's awesome. So then, I mean, I know that you grew up in the fellowship, but what would you say is one thing that you you enjoy or love about our fellowship? The network, the connections, all of the, one short story, I'll keep it short. Cool. The, the church, um, he was supposed to be visiting us. When my dad got saved, he was saved under Bob Overson, who's now pastoring in Alaska. After Bob Overson left the church, my dad was saved in Lavenburg, Arizona. He told God, I need you to move there for my ministry. He ended up doing a revival in Sparta, Illinois. Your dad did? No, Bob Overson. Bob, okay. Yeah, Sparta, Illinois. did a revival in Sparta, Illinois. The revival was so successful, it lasted for six weeks. What? Yeah. (laughs) Fast forward 30 years 35 years 25 years 35 lots of years (laughs) we're now in zambia a pastor from sparta illinois is going to come preach for us in zambia wow they say do you have any special requests our church wants to finance something my dad says we want to start a church in this little fishing village would you like to help with an outreach a big rent a big truck bring a whole bunch of people out there do a big concert do an outreach out there that sparta church financed 
our first big outreach to Safe Mission Village, wow. which was our first pioneer work in Zambia. The pastor who started that pioneer work took over when my dad left, and his church is still thriving today. I think there's a total in of Zambia. I think there's a cool. total of eight baby churches from our church. Wow. Including two grandbabies from that church. Wow. My dad now pastors the Sparta Church. Wow. Isn't Just that the nuts? way that, yeah. <laughs> like, that is the connection. Hmm. Those are the webs that I love. The people who finance all this stuff, all these connections. My dad is now their pastor in this tiny little farm town church that has hmm. had so much impact on the world. That's what I love about our fellowship. And that's just one of hundreds of stories. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't that neat? That's cool. I mean, yeah. so neat. <laughs> awesome. So is there any um, last comments or encouragement that you have for the listeners? Whether it be about life being on the fence or... God is good and he's worth it. That's it. Simple. It's up to you to decide whether or not you believe that. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's the hardest part. It all comes down to you have to believe it and you have to embrace it because God's not going to force you. That's right. He gives us that free will to that's choose. Right. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to tell us your story. story. And (laughs) Pastor's wife, Brooke, will you close us in prayer? (laughs) Father God, thank you so much for coming to us today. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for Kristen and her willingness to spend her time hearing other people's stories, to share them with all of her listeners. I pray that you'll bless her and guide her and bless our future endeavors. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That's a wrap for this week's episode of Christ-Centered Convos. I'm so grateful for all of you for taking the time to listen. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform that you use. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate a review. That just helps expand the listenership and help the show be found by more people. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can do so by contacting me at ChristCenteredConvos at gmail.com. I've also created an Instagram page. You can search ChristCenteredConvos to find the Instagram page with the exact same image that you see in your podcast library. Make sure to check the episode notes for links to anything mentioned in this week's episode. There is also an option in the episode notes for listener support, where you can help support the podcast with any allotted amount. It's set up as a monthly thing, but you can cancel at any time, and there's absolutely no pressure to do so. I've also set up a Venmo account for anyone wanting to help support the podcast as we expand and grow the podcast. You can find the information for that as well in the episode notes. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so grateful to be able to do this show and to share these stories, knowing that together, just as it says in Revelations 12:11, we can overcome by the word of our testimonies. This has been Christ-Centered Combos. I'm Kristen. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay encouraged and be blessed. <laughs>